Oh, good morning, Life Spring. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. How many know who I am? How many don't know? How many don't care? Well, now we're on. Oh, and I see where we're at. All right. Well, welcome to Life Spring, the last Sunday of 2013. We made it. Some of us kind of came in hobbling. Some of us came in sideways and on fire, but we made it. And God is good. God is good. We had a wonderful Christmas Eve service. If you were not here, the children had a little Christmas pageant, and we had some worship team. Then we had some guy with white, kind of whitish blonde hair that showed up with a ukulele, of all things, singing Christmas songs. Pastor Dan brought a message, and we had a candlelight service, and the presence of God was here at Christmas. And here we are now, the last Sunday of December 29th, a couple more days till the new year, 2014. Whew. I'm just grateful, I hope you are too, that you're grateful to God for another year. Another year. In fact, I want to wish you Happy New Year 2014. Is it there? Yay! <laughs> you know, we, we start off with the new year, and I don't know about you, I used to make resolutions, and I don't do that anymore because the same ones about weight and exercise and doing all that obviously haven't paid off. <laughs> and so many of us, we start off with the new year with the, the best intentions that this is going to be a new year and a different year. But what happens is that Happy New Year 2014 looks a lot like 2013. Right? Because we don't change a whole lot. And then 2013 looks a lot like Happy New Year 2000, Y2K. And for some of us who have been around for a while, it, it looks the same as 1984. <laughs> What's on that graphic? Wow. But God is calling us to a new year to live on purpose, to live foolishly. That's kind of going to be the theme here. How to live foolishly for God in 2014. How, how many have been to a zoo? I'm sure everybody's been to a zoo. So we got, um, went to the Fort Worth Zoo a couple of years ago with my family down in Texas. and went to the zoo, and it's like the Seattle Zoo and the Portland Zoo. You don't go see the animals in cages anymore. You go see them in kind of their natural habitat. habitat and you go see them in their grotto. And so should have a picture of the lions. There they are. And so we were at the Fort Worth Zoo, and when it came here, there was this big grotto, and here was the male lion just kind of laying there, had his paws folded, and there was a couple of lionesses gathered around. They were, and, but the thing was that they looked so docile. They looked so tame. They looked kind of bored. And it just kind of occurred to me, so many Christians, including myself at times, that's the way we are. We're tame, especially in the church. But Jesus created us. What did he create us for? He created us to be a little on the untamed side, to be wild, to be undomesticated for Christ. To live in freedom, to live with victory, to live with purpose, to live with enthusiasm. But we get caught sometimes in the cage of religion where we start to just kind of be the same old, same old. And we become safe. Anybody? Become safe. We become domesticated. And we're just waiting for the sweet by and by. We're just waiting for the rapture. 
We, we cry out to Jesus, Jesus, just take me now. This world is crazy. Get me out of here. Beam me up. Anybody? Beam me up. The world's been crazy all along. And some of us older folks, we start singing songs under our breath like, Nearer my God to thee, and when the roll is called up yonder, and soon and very soon I'm going to see the king. But I just want to encourage you this morning as we start a new year, Jesus did not give his life and rise again from the dead just so we can live a nice safe, comfortable, complacent, nine-to-five life, predictable, an ordinary life, a wonderful life. He's called us to a faith adventure. He's called us to be the people that he's called us to be. Someone say amen. Amen. Thank you. You scared me. I thought you left. He called us to, to follow him. He says, follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Heal them. Get them saved. Get them baptized. Make a difference. It did not stop when we got married or when we got out of high school, when we had our first job. Jesus is calling us all the time to a faith adventure. Every day is a precious gift. Every day you get, if you get one. I had a doctor a month ago, and some of you know that I had a heart attack 15 years ago. And during that, I said, Doc, I just celebrated my 15th birthday, 15 years from having that heart attack. And he says, and all the doctors in the last 15 years have ever said this. He said, yeah. I said, I celebrated my 15th birthday. And he said, yeah. He said, you should be. He said, you are a dead man. Ever have a doctor tell you you were a dead man? I didn't have that ever happen, Bob, all those years. You're a dead man. And that just kind of sunk into me. And he says, we were just waiting for you to die. Based on your EKG, you had a tombstone EKG, and we were just waiting for you to die. And I kind of knew that, but I never had had him say that to me. And he says, but he said it again. But then he said, you, you didn't die, and you sprung back, and we have no reason why. Because everything we saw on the chart, you were a dead guy. I says, I know, Doc. Jesus Christ did a miracle in my life, and he's not done with me, and I'm still here, and I'm going to take every day that I got, as old as I am, and go at it full force. And same for you. Same for you. We're all dead people. We just don't know the time we're going to check out. But in the meantime, let's do this. Let's not be complacent. Let's not have 2014 look like 1984. Preach it. I'm trying to. <laughs> I only do this like two, three, two or three times a year. So, hey, this is when I'm going. Hey, Jesus, Jesus has called us on a faith adventure. A faith adventure. And it involves a couple of things. It involves taking a risk. It involves being willing to step out and step up for Jesus. It's being willing to move past your past. We all have a past. We all have been hurt by various people. We've had tragic things happen in our lives. But some of us have been stuck in the past. Stop living in just one season of your life. You know anybody that where they are the same way they are now as they were 20 years ago? They dress the same, their hair is the same, they talk the same, they go to church the same, their routine's the same, same, same. To get out of that one season. 
that the best part is to keep believing, keep trusting, and keep following Jesus. That's the adventure Jesus is calling us to get involved with. I don't know about you, but what you see, this, all this stuff going on here, this is the same way I was when I was 12 and when I was 22. And you may not be this way, but this is the way I, God made me. But I do not want to be a boring, domesticated, docile, tame, Christ follower and just be doing the same thing in 2014, 13, 2000, 1984. I don't want to be that person. We, us, you and me, we need to be enthusiastic for Christ. We've got to be able to share something that comes out of us that's, that people go, what in the world's the matter with that guy? We've got to be enthusiastic, compassionate, and committed to what God is calling us to do. Here's the best part. We need to be on fire for God because the more we know Him, the more we walk in our future with Him. Somebody help me say that. We need to be on fire. Whoop, come on. You're going. Help me read this. We need to be on fire for God because the more we know Him, the more... You know what 2014 needs to look like? It needs to look like this. There you go. Being foolish for God in 2014. Well, maybe it's come to prayer. Let's pray and we'll keep going. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the power of your, your Holy Spirit in us. We thank you that you've saved us. We thank you for a new year. Lord, we don't want to be the same people doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Lord, we thank you that it is an amazing gift that you have given us. And, Lord, we're going to be on fire for you. We're going to be enthusiastic for you. We're going to make a difference. We're going to try to step out and be the people that you have called us to be in this new year. Just let it happen, Lord. Let us just take the, take the thing off and kick the hinges off the door and let your spirit just move like never before in our lives, in this community, in this church, like never before. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> All right. This uh, uh, how many have uh, cable, cable TV? How many have a DVR? Some of you, you know what a DVR is? It's a digital video, video recorder. It lets you record off the TV programs that you want to watch later. No tape involved. Twelve years ago, 14 years ago, there was a company called, and it's still around, called TiVo. And they came out with a box uh, that allowed you to do that. It was a DVR, the first DVR. And so I got a call of all places, they called me to be in a commercial, a nationwide commercial for TiVo, uh, to play a cop that had a very bad day. And so, lo and behold, I got the thing, and this is, the whole emphasis on this is being willing to step on and do something a little bit different and might be a little foolish, you might say stupid, but uh, here is uh, yours truly in a commercial for TiVo. I'd say that the TiVo's been a real godsend for me. I'm in a high-stress profession. When I get home, television's my salvation. TiVo let me create my own TV network so I can watch what I want when I want to. It's my way to forget about the day. What do you like to watch? Main, mainly cop shows. Get a cop from this guy! He's going away for a long time! Yeah. 
<laughs> Wasn't that something? You want to see it again? It went by really quick. You want to see it one more time? Okay, one more time. I'd say that my that wife was going to be a real godsend for me. I'm in a high-stress profession. When I get home, television's my salvation. TiVo let me create my own TV network, so I can watch what I want when I want to. It's my way to forget about the day. What do you like to watch? Ma mainly cop shows. Get a cop from this guy. He's going away for a long time. Yeah, he's going away for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. You know, it, it, all that stuff that went on, the one part, if you saw where the door, I kicked the door open, it came back and hit me in the head. Well, there's like 50 people, light people, microphone people, whatnot. And so they, when I did that, I all but knocked myself out. I'm seeing little birdies flying around. But I kept going. And so the people, all the people are falling down laughing, the whole crew. People that came out of the bus from TiVo and the people from the ad agency, they're all ah, high-fiving. So that all gets done, and I'm kind of coming to. And uh, this one guy comes to me, and he's in charge of all the equipment, the grips. And he puts his arm around, and he's walked me back. And he says, he says, uh, what's with you? <laughs> I've had people ask me that my whole life. <laughs> he says, what's with you? I says, what are you talking about? He says, I've been doing movies. I've been doing commercials uh, for well-known actors for 20 years. He says, in all that time, I never had an actor make the whole crew fall down, forget about themselves, and will fall down laughing and have that much fun. What's with you? You know? And what I was, what I was under my breath was, it's the joy of the Lord that's in me. I didn't have enough guts to say that to this big guy. I didn't know. But I did say, I don't know. I got a special gift, and it just follows me around. And it's the same with you. You've got a special gift in you. It's following you around. People are seeing it. All right, another video. Last May, we had a single de Mayo celebration. It's an appreciation dinner. And so your pastors, Bible men that we are, decided to do a little entertainment. And if you were there, we did a takeoff. It was a single de Mayo theme, so we did a takeoff on the Three Amigos movie. And so here's Pastor Dan, Pastor Adam, and Pastor whatever my name is doing our best rendition of My Little Buttercup from the movie, The Three Amigos. Oh! Adam laughs at the very end like a goat. Pay no attention to Pastor Adam at the very end. All right.
That's your pastors <laughs> being foolish for God. <laughs> On a serious note, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine that I just met last September. And her name is Polly Wright. And uh, there's Polly. Doesn't she look like a nice, sweet lady? She's a sweet lady down in Texas, married, two kids. And uh, she's minding her own business, being that kind of Christian where every time, you know, she went to church with her two kids, got two twin girls, went to church, went to life group, went to home group, went to Bible study fellowship, had the nice little house, had the two little cars, and everything was nice and safe and predictable. Then God spoke to her. He says, Polly, I want you to go back into the strip clubs of Texas, and I want you to go in there to all those girls that are in the strip clubs. I want you to go in there and show them love. I want you to show them the presence of Jesus. And her life is all nice and organized and just like you and I would go. We go, but, but God, you know, God, I've got a house, I've got cars, I go to church, everything's perfect, I've got the schedule all lined up on the refrigerator, but, but, but God, you want me to do what? And he said, I want you to go back to the, where you were as a stripper. It was the best kept secret. Her own kids didn't know that she'd been a stripper. That she prostituted herself and had multiple affairs. And like 95% of the people that are in the sex trade industry, there's something that happened in the past. And with her, when she was seven years old, a male friend was in the house. And abused her, raped her in the bathtub. At seven years old. When she was 14 years old, she was with her boyfriend. He took off to do something. The other boy in the house raped her at 14, and she had an abortion two months later. We all have our stories of unbelievable abuse and hurt. So then when she's in college, she decided to go into the strip clubs, and she went into the clubs and was a stripper for about three, four years. And... Jesus is saying, I want you to go back. I want you to go back and make a difference in these girls' lives. Offer some kind of hope to get them out of there. So she started a ministry, went to her pastor, had to tell her pastor what her past was. He didn't care. He said, let's do this. Let's do this. She had to go to her 13-year-old daughters and believed and just worshipped her mom and let her 13-year-old twin daughters know what kind of past her mom had. There's a picture of Polly and my daughter, Megan. Both of those look like they could be my daughters. I'll take them both. So that's Megan. Megan works for Polly. And so what they do is they go out and they take, they get a whole bunch of gals and put little gift bags together. They go out to the strip clubs, and some of these strip clubs have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys, and at least a hundred gals dancing. Some of them are smaller, some are bigger. But they take these gift bags, and it's got lipstick, and it's got eye gloss, and crunchies for their hair, or scrunchies, or whatever those things are. And this gives these gifts. It's, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you coming in here for? Well, just want to let you know that somebody loves you. 
Really? We just want to, well, who are you? Well, we're, we're a ministry. We have this house on Wednesdays. You can come have a free dinner, and we'd just like to talk to you. And that's the way to get these gals out is get them out and start giving them options how to get out of there. And, and Paul, he's a sweet lady. You'd have no idea. Except, you know, you don't have any idea about my background, and I don't have any idea about your background. And praise God, we've all been saved and released and saved from whatever that thing was. Praise God. Someone say amen. amen. <laughs> that was a big amen. But, you know, Polly was just given all the butts, all the butts. But, God, I have kids. I, I, I go to church. I don't, some of us will kick up excuses for God. I, I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. God, I'm retired now. I don't have any money. God, I'm young. You know, I, 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 I can't speak. I'm not qualified. You mean, but, 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 but. Seriously, we give God so many buts, we all need, excuse me, but we all need a buttectomy. <laughs> not cutting off the caboose. That, you know, I'm not sure what you can do with that. But we need a buttectomy. All the buts that we tell God all the time. But God, you know, you know, I'm, I, you know how we do that. That's what Polly was doing. And finally she says, okay, I'm going to do it. We need to get our big butts, B-U-T-S, out of the way because it's not about what I cannot do. It's about he, but who he is and what he wants to do in and through my life. It's not about what I cannot do. It's about who he is and what he wants to do in and through your life. Here's a picture of the ladies, the posse. These gals on Christmas night, Christmas night, had 1,100 baggies to go around to all, I don't know how many clubs. And they divided up in teams, and they went to all the strip clubs they could find in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And they took these baggies to these little girls full of gifts. On Christmas, these men who had been with their families opening up presents and singing Christmas songs and having Christmas dinner, and then all of a sudden they bail out and they go to the strip club. And these girls that are in there. And these girls that love the Lord grabbed a whole bunch of baggies and divided up into teams and went out and made a difference and made introduced the presence of Jesus to these people. You and I can do that. God is speaking to you some way for you to do that also. Not to be doing the same old, same old, same old. The girls would come up, many of them would come up and say, this is the only Christmas present I've gotten. Thank you so much. And Megan said the tears would just flow. You know, and they'd get these hugs from these gals. And most of them, when they're in the back room, they don't have a whole lot of clothes on. Megan said she's never been hugged by so many half-naked women in her life. <laughs> no, little Megan, little Megan. She was raised here in Edgewood. She's not, she called me a couple months ago and said, Dad, I'm going to the strip club. <laughs> what? But they're going there and they're making a difference. Going and making a difference. One that broke my heart. One that broke my heart. She said, Dad, she said, there was, there was one gal that was in there. And she's nine months pregnant. And she was in the club. But it's not about what I cannot do. It's about he who is in me and 
he who wants to do it in and through my life. It's not about our limitations, people. It's about God's purpose in our life. And at some point, we've got to get past all the negative stuff that happens, has happened to you and me that we hang ourselves up about. Hang ourselves up about. You, we all could have been walking with the Lord, but we didn't take the step into the future that he had for us, and we really have kind of remained constant for the last 10 years. Your life is great. My life is great. I go to church every week. I read the Bible. I pray. I tithe. I volunteer here at church. I even watch Christian television once in a while. (laughs) Imagine that. But God is saying, you've not stepped into the future I have for you. You're stuck. If you're going to get past your past, if we're going to get past being good enough and get into the great things God has in mind for us, we've got to be willing to take some risks. We've got to say, I'm not, not a resolution, just that we're going to be open to receive what God is speaking to us. It, it's not going to be going to a strip club and going back in there, but maybe. But there's ways that God's speaking to all of us to make this real, to make it enthusiastic, to make it a purpose-driven life. Thank you, Rick Warren. We need to be able to take risks, and people are going to look at you and think that you're weird. Right? You tell them, I'm going to do this for God. And they're going to look at you and think, you're weird, you're making a mistake, you're a fool, why in the world would you want to do that? What does the Bible say we are? We are, what kind of people? Peculiar people. Yes, we are. <laughs> Praise God, we're a little different. We're peculiar people. We're made to be different. We're made to be world changers. I've been on the planet a few years, and no one's ever said, you're the most normal person I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Not one. Nobody said, Ford, you're the most down-to-earth, normal person I've ever met. I know some of you are. Good luck with that. But for me, it's, it's not. We spend so much time worrying about what other people think. They're not worrying about you. They're not thinking about you. So why not just concentrate on what God has in mind for us and forget about what they say? Co-workers, family, friends. Another word for those folks, since they're so close to you, they're called dream killers. You tell them something and they're really quick to point out that you've made mistakes in the past and you're not going to get from here to there. If God be for us, who can be against us? I love the scripture when it talks about being foolish for God. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians, um, first chapter 27 to 31. Can you help me read this? God has united you with Christ Jesus. There you go. You want to boast, boast about what God's doing in you. There was a first part to that that we missed when it said, God chooses the world, God chooses things of the world that the world considers foolish in order to shame those that think they are wise. Every time you think you can't, you just have to know that He can. 
right? We try to do it so much by ourselves. It's not about us. It's all about God in us. His Spirit is in us. He's given us authority to be alive and fully functional world changers, to make a difference, to have the presence of Jesus. I've told you in the small groups and whatnot, how many times do you have, when you, someone tells you a little story and you said, oh my goodness, well I'll sure be praying for you. I'll, I'll be praying for you. Let me give you a clue for 2014. And I've learned this the hard way, but I take every advantage to do it every single time I get. Someone says, you know, this is going on and it's, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, brother and sister. You know what the next line is? Middle of Safeway, Starbucks, wherever you're at, work. Would it be okay if I pray for you right now? Would it be okay if I pray for you right now? I've never had anybody turn me down. Would it be okay if I pray for you right now? I just had a young man in my office. He's going to prison for something with prescription drugs. He's, anyway, he's going away for 45 days. And he's, he's having marital problems. And he's in my office. And he says, I'm going to jail for 45 days. And I go, here's my name. Here's my address. Here's my phone number. You come. Give that to whoever you've got to give to. I'll come visit you. And I said, uh, his name's Shane, so he's not here. It doesn't matter. I said, buddy, would it be okay if I pray for you? So I just prayed the blessing and peace and comfort and presence of Jesus all over Shane. And he's a young 25, 28-year-old guy, married, two kids. Life is upside down and backwards. He's just bawling. He's just bawling in my office. He says, thank you. Nobody has prayed for me in years. It's not about me that I'm talking about. I'm talking about this is for all of us in 2014. Be willing to be there. Be willing to say, I want to. Would it be okay? Get the permission. They'll never tell you no. Or if they do, just keep walking. <laughs> oh. Being foolish for God. The Bible is full of that. From Genesis to Revelations, there were men and women that were foolish and willing to be foolish for God. And God took and made an amazing difference out of that. Imagine Noah when he's building in the dark. He's out there building this ark. His neighbors come up. Noah, what you building? I'm building an ark. What's an ark? I don't know. It's going to rain, though. What's rain? I don't have a clue. <laughs> Moses. Moses sitting there by the Red Sea, and he's got this stick. It's called a rod. And he's standing there, and he's got two and a half million Jewish people behind him. And behind them is the, the armies of the Egyptians of the Pharaoh coming down to kill all those two and a half million people. And they've got this big body of water. He said, Mo, what are you doing with the stick? He said, well, God told me if I hold it up and put it over this big Red Sea here, that the water's going to separate and we're going to go to the other side. <laughs> Good luck with that. But Moses was willing to be foolish. Abraham and Sarah. Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah's 90. God says, you guys are going to have a kid. 
Yeah, somebody said, whoa. <laughs> she's not even 90. She's 39. <laughs> but here God said, you've got to have a kid. And, you know, and the next thing you see is, is Sarah and Abraham walking around in the first Walmart in the paternity section, picking up baby clothes. <laughs> Sarah's girlfriends, what are you doing? Oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, we got a baby, uh, you know. And uh, I don't know, I'll stop right there. <laughs> I could go on, but I won't. But how many times has God given us an idea, and we've had this idea, and we're actually pregnant with the thought and dream of God, but because we worry about what people are going to say, we hold back, we don't do it, we don't take the step, and we just hold on to it. And we're not willing to look foolish, want anybody going, what are you buying baby clothes for? We don't want to take the risk of faith that it requires to birth the dream that God has put in each one of us. He's got a dream in you. Some of you have had it under a, under a lid for a long time, but God's speaking to you. If not, he's going to speak to you in 2014 about doing something different than doing the same thing, working 9 to 5, coming home, watching American Idol, and going to bed by 9.30, say, boy, that was a great day, and do the same thing the next day. I was talking to me on that one. We must be willing to take the risk of faith that requires to give birth to the dream. Why don't we do that? Why do we have so many buts? Why do we hold back on God? Why, why, why? Anybody? What? Fear? Answer is? There it is. Fear. We just hold ourselves up. The devil loves to give us Fear. He likes to talk into our ear all the time. You know, you're not worried enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough money. All the same excuses we give God. Fear, 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 fear. You know what fear really is? It's this. False. Repeat with me or say with me. False evidence appearing real. It's not real. But the devil's telling you it is. And we believe it. So then we hold back. All seven appearing real. There's so many stories in the Bible. The Israelites would uh, march around Jericho. And God told them to march around six days in a row and don't make a noise. And on the seventh day, march seven times around the city. And then blow your trumpets and make a noise. And make so much noise like you were the twelfth man for the Seahawks. And the walls are going to come down that are 30 feet tall. You're going to go in and take the city. Really? Are you kidding me? But they did it. How foolish... Uh, the wise men looked when they came in and somebody said, where are you boys from? Oh, we're from the east. Really? How far? Spokane? No, further than that. What you doing? We're looking for a star and we're looking for a little baby king. Really? And Peter, walking on the water. The woman that was the issue of blood, how she forced her way through the crowd and she was the fool for 12 years of the issue of blood. And she's, she finally gets through the crowd and she stretches out with all her might, and Jesus goes by, and she touches the hem of his garment, the bottom part of her garment, believing that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she'd be made well. <laughs> and it goes on, Goliath, David and Goliath, and Peter walking on the water, and Paul and Silas in jail. They're in jail. They decide to have a praise and worship service at midnight. They're in jail, all shackled up. They start having a praise and worship service. After they've been beaten, they're in the jail. They're having a praise and worship at midnight. 
God causes an earthquake. All the chains fall off their wrists. The shackles fall off their ankles. The doors of the prison open up, and out they go. God wants to take the shackles and the things off your feet and open up the door. Jesus got off the cross. He defeated hell and death and the grave, and he gave us life beyond our past. I'm telling you, church, Pastor Dan says we, we're, we're pretty one-horse show around here. We talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus, talk about cross. If I'm speaking, I'm going to hear something about faith and living on purpose. That's what we're all about. And I'm telling you, there's something, there's a lot of power in daring to look and step out and be a little foolish, a little foolish for God. Okay, how are we doing? Great, thank you. Mom says I'm doing good. <laughs> I refuse to allow my past to limit my future. And as foolish as I might look to this world, I'm willing to take the risk of faith to spend it on this thing called life. I don't want to come to the end of my life and discover that I never lived. I don't want to come to the end of my life and stand before Jesus and say, you know, I was, I was abused, I was hurt, I had this thing happen to me and it hung me up. That's why I never put, that's, that's, that's why I never did put, that's what you put me on the earth to do. But during my brief time, I allowed one thing to stop me from doing something for you. A lot of us have been hurt been hurt, divorced, you've had someone die on you, you've had somebody be killed, you've had teachers say mean things over you, you've had preachers, imagine that, say bad, evil things over you and your family. Jesus came to redeem us, right? From all that pain, all that brokenness, he took our abuse he took our shame. He took our guilt. He took our pain. He died on the cross for all of that. No holding back. He rose again from the dead so we could have resurrection life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and me and lives on the inside of you. I said that. The same Holy Spirit empowers all of us to move beyond our past and into our future. And the hope and the plan and the future that Jesus has in mind for us. Every single one of us. When in doubt, go to the Word. So i got ten verses that I want you to help me read with full voice as they come up. Ten verses to be strong in the Lord. Number ten. Help me read this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. And they... No one can snatch them away from me, giving them to me. No one can snatch them. That's good. Number nine. There we go. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first. The second. Number eight, keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. 
For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks. Number seven. Be Come on. To pray. Isn't that good? Number six. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let the Where are we at? Number five. Come on. Sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul and the spirit. Exposes our innermost thoughts. Number four. Come on. <laughs> you getting it? All right. Number three. Come on. Come on. Number two. Number one. Come on. Okay, we got one more. Yep. Well, wait, 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 wait. Every day is a precious gift from God. Tear it open. That's my paraphrase of that verse. Say it one more time. Every day... Hey, is a precious gift from God. Tear it open. Tear it open. There's no holding back. Take the risk of being a fool. Have fun while you're doing it. When people look at you, do they see the joy of the Lord, or do you look like you've been sucking on lemons since 1965? Praise God. <laughs> Praise God, I love Jesus. Well, you sure can't tell. Okay, i got to go. But before I go, Jesus says, You have got the same Spirit that raised me from the dead that lives in you. Now take that light. Don't live safe. My granddaughters came over. i got four granddaughters that are here locally and two grandsons. They came over and we were playing flashlight tag in the house. Turn all the lights off and we're playing flashlight tag. And then they go, Papa, can we go outside? I said, sure. So we got in the yard and having fun with that. Then they said, can we go up to the school? I said, absolutely. So we go up to the school and I got all the flashlights and taken. And they're all like four girls about eight years old and two boys. And so we're going up there and now it's really dark. And they go, Papa, and you know, there's, this is Edgewood. We got coyotes and we got raccoons. We got strange dogs walking around. And now I've got all these little bunnies running around me so I give them all a flashlight and they take off and boom they're flying around and things going around they're playing flashlight tag and having a great time with all these little flashlights going around and finally one of the little ones I think it was Avalyn Avalyn comes up to you and says Papa Papa can we go find some more darkness <laughs> now if we turn the lights off she would have been scared to death but she said Papa can we go find some darkness? 
And that really spoke to me. That's what Jesus is telling me. And hopefully that's what he's telling you, that we come running up to him in this new year in 2014. Let's say, Papa, Father God, can we go find some darkness? Can we go make a difference? Can we go find some darkness? I just encourage you to get out of your comfort zone, move past your past, step into the light, and step, be willing to step into the darkness with the light and hope of Jesus Christ that's in us. I got a video to conclude with. And you've probably seen it before. But a lot of times when we watch the video, we go, okay, that's fine. I don't want you to watch it like you're watching TV or you're watching a movie. I want you to be interactive with this. I want you, as best you can, to watch this in the first person. Like you're hearing the preacher that's behind this preaching the word. I don't want you to just watch it. I want you to sink into you. If you want to clap your hands, if you want to say an amen, if you want to do something, or you want to sit there, that is fine. But I want this to sink into you. I would encourage you to look this one up on the Internet and at least once a week read this, turn the volume up, and let this sink into you as far as that's my king. Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-framed of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. 
That's my king. That's your king. I encourage you, find that thing on YouTube. It's called That's My King. Play it every week. Let it sink inside your heart every single week. Let it build you up. I just wonder how many of you are thinking today, had a lot of fun and you know I've been my humorous self and all that but hopefully the word of God has spoken to you how many would say that that's me that's me pastor Randy I I'm, I'm not going to hold back in 2014 I want to I want God to speak to me I want God to use me I want me to use me in new ways I never thought before were possible Is that you this morning Would you raise your hand yeah.